0: are excited that school is about to be up on us. Anyone? Well, this Sunday, this weekend, it kind of marks the, the finality of the summer season, and so I thought it would be appropriate for us to have a little summer fun, okay? We're going to finish the summer with a bang. One of the things that I love about Jesus and maybe you can, as you think about what the things that you love about Christ, this may be on your list. Or maybe you've never thought about it. But one of the things I love about Jesus is he was so unconventional. He was so unorthodox. I mean, especially 2,000 years ago, the liturgy of the day. There was a, a prescription for how you were supposed to worship. But Jesus kind of broke all the rules, didn't he? You know, the rabbis were supposed to go to the synagogue, and from the synagogue, that's where they would teach. They would teach from the law of Moses, they would read one of the scrolls of the prophets. But he didn't Jesus, what I love this about Jesus, he didn't always preach from a pulpit. Sometimes he preached from a boat. Sometimes he was on a hillside and the people were crowded around him and so he didn't need to run to the synagogue to preach a sermon, but he just used the natural context, the setting in which he was. Sometimes they would be eating a meal and with his disciples, right there at the dinner table, Jesus would use what was around him to speak of the kingdom. How many of you love that about Jesus? That Jesus, he wasn't stuck in a religious box. But he broke out of the box. I want you to know this. Some of you, your greatest sermons will never be preached behind a pulpit. But they'll be preached within the context of everyday life. And for Jesus, the world was his pulpit. I love the fact that Jesus would change some things up. Jesus would be creative to keep things fresh. Some of you, and let me stop right here and say this. Some of you need to change some things up. Some of you need to just confuse people. You need to change your hairstyle. Come on. How many have had been that same style for decades? Come on, tell your neighbor it's time for a change. You need to, maybe you need to change your wardrobe style. I had somebody give me a pair of shoes a couple weeks ago, and they are bright orange. And guess what? I'm going to break out the bright orange shoes on Sunday. Get ready. Some of you need to change, watch this. Some of you need to change, because we are creatures of habit. Some of you need to change the place that you sit every Sunday. Oh, wait now, Pastor. I'm okay with changing my hairstyle, but don't you dare let anybody take my seat. How many of you? <laughs> how many of you have ever come to church maybe a few minutes late? And you know you got your seat. You know where your seat is, and you're thinking, man, doesn't everybody know that this is my seat? <laughs> Come rolling in, and somebody's sitting in your seat, and you're like, Oh, God bless you. What are you doing here? <laughs> oh, this must be your first time. Obviously, they don't know this is my seat. <laughs> Sit in a different place. Take a different route to work one day. Change, change some things about what you do. Change your toothpaste. Better yet, change your toothbrush. I love the fact that Jesus was never held in a religious box, and he didn't have to necessarily preach from a pulpit every time that he taught on the kingdom. Jesus used natural things to teach on kingdom principles, okay? Jesus used the natural to communicate the spiritual. He would say things like, the kingdom of God is light. And he would use a story of a farmer or a seed or a field or the the pearl of great price, the kingdom of God, using what is natural to teach what is spiritual. And so what I wanted to use to finish up our summer, I wanted to use this stage set to talk about some kingdom things. Now, our creative production team constructed this set. How many know this is impressive? Yes, this was built for VBS, and you've seen it over the, the last couple of weeks. And, I, you know, last Sunday we celebrated. I mean, after two weeks of VBS, over 1,500 kids experienced the presence of God. Last Sunday night, almost 90 kids were baptized. Can I have a good amen? I thought, okay, well, are there's something for us to learn from the playground. I want to give you some lessons today from the playground. If Jesus were to go to a school and preach today, he'd probably preach from the playground. And I think one of the things, and I want you to see, I want to use some of this equipment to teach you three very important things as we step into a new season. And the first is this swing. And I love this swing because this swing represents some things. And as I was thinking about it, the swing represents momentum. Now, when you were a kid, maybe you don't remember this, but if you have small kids or small grandkids, you know they'll run to the playground and they'll go sit on a swing. And what do they say? Yeah, push me. Why? Because they ain't going nowhere. And they can't move unless they have some momentum. Now, here's the thing. They don't know how to create it, but you do. They need your help. You know, in God, I think some of us need to learn how to build momentum. Because if you don't have momentum, you're going to be stuck. Now, let me give you just some of the simple mechanics of of swinging. It starts with a little pushback, and then you lean, pull, and you kick. You know, it's interesting how these little techniques, I want you to think about this, just a little kick, a little lean, a little pull. Now, what's happening here? We got some motion. We got some movement. And I think in God, God wants us to use little things to build momentum. I want you to think about it, consider this. Building momentum, it starts with little things done consistently over a period of time to produce results. Okay, did you catch that? Momentum is starting with little things done consistently over a period of time. Now, now look at what's happening here. We went from stationary and still Now, I got a little motion up in here. And here's what I think. Some of us have been stuck, and God's saying, if you'll do the little things consistently over time, you're going to see some results. Can I have a good amen? Amen. See, I I love this. I love this picture. You know, the, the Bible says in Zechariah 4, verse 10, despise not the day of small beginnings. Come on, you got to start somewhere. Okay, well, okay. Let, me, let me stop. You're not catching this. You're not catching this. I'm a little more excited about this than you are. you got to start somewhere. Okay, when we talk about momentum, we're talking about daily practices consistently. Not done occasionally, but consistently. And over time, you begin to see the results of that. You say, Mike, what do you mean? I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about Bible study. I'm talking about church attendance. Do you know you coming here today, you know what it's doing? It's creating a little momentum for you. Now, it may not be a deal breaker, but I want to tell you this, little things lead to big opportunities. You may say, well, it's just another Sunday, I'm coming because I know I need to come. No, 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 when you meet with God in God's house, things start to stir in your spirit. You got a little lean, got a little kick, got a little motion. Now all of a sudden, life looks different because you've got some mojo. Come on, somebody say mojo. Mojo. Now listen, momentum can work for you or it can also work against you. Hello, you're making wrong choices, you're listening to wrong voices, you stack those things up and your life can head in a wrong direction real fast. But when you're doing some good things, and you're expecting good results, and you're consistently applying the things that you know, now all of a sudden you're reaching heights that you could never reach on your own. Are you with me? You see, the swing teaches us that we can build momentum. Now, as a kid, you needed somebody to push you. But as an adult, you don't need anybody to push you. Spiritual maturity is learning how to build momentum on your own. Come on, some of you are wondering, how high is he going to get? Okay, I'm about to dismount, y'all. Here we go. All right. Oh, sweet Jesus. Here we go. Ready? One. This is like gymnastics, okay? It's like a, what is that? The balance beam? I'm getting ready to make the dismount. Let's see if I can stick the dismount. Ready? All right, here we go. Ready? one to and dismount. Oh, Oh, sweet Jesus. I'm out of breath. (laughs) Momentum is so important because some of you feel like you're stuck. And God's saying, if you'll do the little things consistently, not occasionally, but consistently, over time, you're going to see some results. Let me encourage you, if you want to build momentum in your life, Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Come on, are you with me? Start where you are. Where does it start? It starts today. It starts right where you are. You're using what you have. If you've got a Bible in your lap, maybe you've got the Bible on an app. You've got resource available to you. Each and every day, the church will send out a devotional. There's a scripture attached to a devotional thought that is connected to what we preach and teach here on Sundays. You know what you do if you make a small commitment? You begin to see big results. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to commit to the house of God. It's all about it. I'm going to tell you this the single most helpful principle I know. I want to give it to you. Are you ready? It's not about trying, it's about training. It's not about trying, it's about training. Watch this. When you train, you are embracing practices that will enable you to do what you could never do on willpower alone. Let me give you an example. How many's ever wanted to run a marathon? Me either. (laughs) Yeah, who, why in the world? Who would ever want to do? Have you been driving down the road and see those bumper stickers that say 26.2? You're like, what's that about? Can I tell you what that's about? That person has run a marathon. A marathon is 26.2 miles. How many have a hard time running .2? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Now, if I were to tell you today, go out and run a marathon, you wouldn't be able to do that. No matter how hard you tried. Couldn't do it. But you could if you trained. Do you see the difference? It's not about trying harder, it's about training wisely. And the same is true when it comes to our spirit. If you feel stuck in your spirit, God's saying there is a swing that can help you build some momentum. If you will do the little things consistently, over time you'll begin to sense the mojo of God. Moving you forward. Now, when I talk about disciplines and I talk about these practices, let me give you a couple things to pay attention to. First of all, don't get religious. Don't get religious. Okay? Religion will steal the life out of anything you're trying to do. I'm not talking about laws. I'm talking about love. How many of you know there's a difference? Yeah, this is important. Spiritual disciplines are not based out of law. They're based out of love. It's doing things not because you have to but because you want to. You know, on Fridays, I gather here with a group of guys, and we've been doing this for about almost three years. Every Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock, a handful of guys get together. We started with just three of us, but now three years later, I mean, this is a great group of fellas, and there's a lot of momentum that we feel personally and even as a church because of a commitment to seeking God. In fact, one guy, that's, he's, a, he's been a part of the prayer group for about, I guess, six months. God has just radically changed his life. He was in Florida on vacation with his family. Friday rolls around, he tells his wife, I'm not missing prayer, jumps in the truck, drives from Florida, and meets us right here at 4 o'clock, prays with us for an hour, high fives everybody, gets back in his truck and drives back to Florida to finish the vacation with his family. Wow, what's that about? He didn't come here because he had to. He came because he wanted to. You see, I want to encourage you when you embrace these disciplines, do the things that will cultivate a love for God in your life. There's a big difference when you're forced to do something, when it's done out of duty, versus done out of desire. So don't get religious, okay? Second of all, I'd say this don't start comparing. Now, when I start talking about some of these practices, prayer and Bible study and, you know, all these things, then we'll start to compare, you know. And we'll find out that Brother Bible Man reads his Bible at 3.30 in the morning. We're like, oh, gosh, I can't do that. Or we'll find out that Sister Super Christian spends three and a half hours in prayer every day. And you're like, oh, and what we, what we end up doing is we strap ourselves, we compare ourselves to others and think, well, if she does that, then I have to do that. If he does that, then, and then all of a sudden, it becomes a burden to you. Are you with me? How many of you have kids, you have multiple kids, and you marvel at how different they are? Yeah? You just notice, you observe your children, you're like, wow, man, I never knew what. Listen to that. Look at that. She got that from her mama's side, not mine. Whoa! I mean, it's amazing to me how kids can grow up in the same house, under the same roof, from the same parents. They're taught the same values, and they're totally different. I remember when the girls were small, and, you know, they, were, they shared the same bedroom, and they s- slept in the same bed, and I would go in at night, and I would, you know, come up to the side of the bed, and I'd look at my, my first daughter, and I'd say, baby, do you have any idea how much your daddy loves you? And those big brown eyes, man, i just see tears coming down her cheeks. And it was like a a hallmark moment. You know, and she'd say, Daddy, I love you too. How many of you wish you could hold on to those moments forever? Oh, yeah. And then I roll around to the other side of the bed. I look at my other daughter into those deep blue eyes and I say, Baby, do you have any idea how much your daddy loves you? And she'd say, Daddy, your breath stinks. (laughs) Hey, they're different, aren't they? Don't you think that God who created you knows that you are unique and you don't have to pray like Pastor Mike? You don't have to read the Bible like Pastor Mike. You don't have to preach like Pastor Mike because you're not Pastor Mike. Some people connect to God through nature. Some people connect through God to God through just reflection and quiet contemplation. Some people, it's through worship. Some people got to be around people, and I need to be engaged in them. God understands how he created you, and he respects the wiring in your heart. Can I have a good amen? Don't get religious. Don't compare. And listen, embrace your season of life. I talked to a a, a mom a while back who said, you know, when I was in college, I had all kinds of time to develop my spiritual life. And now that I'm a mother, I I don't have any time. I don't have any energy. I, I don't do the things that I once did. Listen, God knows your season of life. And you don't have to run to the closet to pray. You can pray along the way. Can I tell you, God can meet you right where you are. Why don't you just invite God into whatever season you're in? Quit fighting the season that you're in. You're fighting it and you're frustrated. And God says, no, embrace it because I can meet you right there. You know, one of the men in our church, he's been without work for about six or seven months. Well, he recently got a job and he's a part of the construction project on the interstate. Right here at uh, I-10 and Highland Road. You know, all the construction they're doing from, from Highland all the way down to Highway 73. How many have been on that stretch? Lord. Yeah, well, he got a job. Guess what his job is? He is roadside assistance. And so for eight hours a day, he just drives that stretch from Highland down to Highway 73, up and down the interstate. So eight hours in his truck, guess what he's doing? He's listening to the Bible on audio. Can't read it, but he can listen to it. So guess what? Eight hours a day, getting that word in him. He sees somebody on the side of the road broke down. Guess what he gets to do? Be the good Samaritan. How many love to have a job like that? Yeah, not only changing tires, we're changing hearts. Come on, somebody. So listen, when I talk about momentum, don't get religious. Don't compare and embrace the season that God has you in. Now, the swing Is all about learning how to build momentum. Now, let me finish this thought by saying this. If you don't continue to kick, to lean, and to pull, if you stop doing those things, over time, you'll come to a standstill. You can't just coast on the blessings of yesterday. You got to make a commitment each and every day. Can I have a good amen? Okay, so that's the first thing. Now, here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. And this could get a little dangerous. Not only does the swing teach us about momentum, but this slide is going to teach us something too. Now I love this. If you're going to reach the top, you got to go one step at a time. But once you get up here, see the joy of the slide. Let me see. gonna figure out again. Okay. Yeah, disregard all the groaning and the moaning. Okay, if we're going to go down the slide, once we reach the top, there's some things that we got to let go of. The slide teaches us how to let go. There's something about the slide. You can't fully enjoy the slide without a word called trust. Somebody say trust. Trust is all about surrendering. It's all about letting go. Now, if I want to go down this slide, I can't hold on to what's happening up here. And some of you are holding on to some things and God is saying, let it go. You got to let it go. Because when you release what's in your grip, then God releases what's in his grip. This thing called trust is a big deal. God requires us to live not clutching to the things of our past, but surrendering our present to him. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6... Trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge God and what does he do? He's going to make your path straight. He's going to mark out your steps. I love this verse because this is a challenging verse. Sometimes it's easy for us to hold on to past hurt. We hold on to past pain. Some of you are holding on to relationships that are bringing no life to you whatsoever. And God's saying, you got to let some people go. you got to let some expectations go. In fact, I'll even go so far as to say this, because there, there's a book out called Necessary Endings. And I love that thought, because basically what's, what's being communicated is this. If you don't let go of what's now, you can't embrace what's next. There are some things that have to come to an end, and they'll never come to an end until you let it go. Here's the thing. I'm not coming down this slide until I let some things go. I'm going to have to let go. I'm going to have to trust God. And I'm going to have to lean forward. Oh! And see, that's the motion that God wants us to move forward in. God can't move you into your future if you're constantly holding on to your past. Is this helping anybody today? Now, trust. I want you to hear me. Trust is easy to talk about, but sometimes it's hard to do. Think about this. The things we don't trust God with are the things that we worry about. Come on, it's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church today. Somebody's like, is this a Presbyterian church? (laughs) Think about it. What are the things that you're worrying about? Those are probably the things that you're holding on to. But when you release those things and trust God with those things, you know what it does? It frees you up to enjoy your life. I dare you to enjoy life for the next five months. From now to the end of the year. You see, listen, everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. You're gonna to need to make a decision today. I'm not holding on to that any longer. I'm not holding on to that individual, holding on to that relationship. I'm not holding on to that expectation. I'm not gonna hold on to what's now. I need to embrace what's next. And when you truly trust God, you live free. Come on, how many of you, you wanna be free? Don't wanna be bound up in worry. Don't wanna be bound up in anxiety. I don't want fear to dominate my life. When we trust God, you know what we're doing? We're releasing what's in our hands and we're giving it to him. Oh, but wait, well, wait, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Can I tell you, even that is a bondage. Trust releases the expectation of having to know everything. Some of you, oh, I, I know I'm stepping on some toes because I'm talking to myself today. Sometimes I will stress out if I don't have a plan. And if, it's, if all the dots don't connect and line up into this perfect plan of mine, then I worry. And God's saying, wait a second. You can have a plan. That's all good. But why don't you trust my purposes instead of holding on to your plan? See, your plan hadn't worked out. That's why God's got to say, scrap that. It, trust me. I've got some purposes that I want you to walk in. And when you do, when you live, surrender. When you let go and let God, then you can enjoy your life. I don't have to know about tomorrow because I know who holds tomorrow. I don't have it all figured out, guess what? God's not gonna let you figure it out. He's gonna require you and me to live by faith. Can I have a good amen? You know, one of the biggest things that that we worry about, and, and I thought about it this week because every day I get an email of prayer requests And a lot of you have submitted things that you're praying and believing God for. Do you know one of the number, one, the top two things that I see in these prayer request reports every day, top two needs that most people are praying for, it's either health in their bodies or it's financial breakthrough. I'm telling you, the devil will use money to cause you to worry. Now think about it. Okay, can we take just two minutes and talk about money? I know people get funny when you talk about money. can't believe that pastor. This is church. I knew it. I knew it. Big old church. That pastor's trying to get in my wallet. <laughs> hey, how I many you know God don't need your wallet? If he's got your heart, your money's not even an issue. God's not begging. He's not begging. Oh, they better give this Sunday. If they don't give, I'm going to turn the lights out in heaven. Y'all want to see the Big Dipper, don't you? Oh, you better. P- God. <laughs> Hello. God's not worried about money. Now, money's what we worry about, right? But God said, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Oh, by the way, not just the cattle, but the hills that they graze on, I made that too. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. But sometimes the devil will create worry, anxiety, and fear as it relates to money. Now, what's interesting is, you know what's on our money? Oh, yeah. What does it say on your money? In God we trust. It's amazing how we have that printed on our money, but it's tough for us to trust God with our money. Come on, smile at me. Hey, and just go ahead and exhale. We've already passed the offering container. There's not a second offering coming up. Don't need it. Not talking about that. This is about you trusting God and getting free. You know what? When, when you trust God with your money, then you can be confident that everything you need, he will supply. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. When we put God first, you see, tithing is all about trust. Lord, I trust you with my resource. So guess what? I'm going to release it to you. I'm going to give first, and I'm going to trust you with the rest. And I think it's amazing how when we release what's in our hands, then God releases what's in his hands. And how many of you know that what's in his hand is always more than what you need? Can I have a good amen? Come on, somebody say trust. You see, it's about building momentum, but it's also about letting go of some things. Some of you, you need to let go. You need to let go. Your life be a whole lot happier. You'd have joy. You'd have rest if you just trust him with some things. Now, here's the last thing I want to give you. Is this helping anybody today? Okay, the playground is showing us about some important lessons in life. If the swing is all about building momentum and the slide is all about letting go, the monkey bars are all about hanging on. You know, you got to let go of some things and you got to hold on to others. Sometimes we're holding on to stuff and God's saying, no, 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 You, you don't need to worry about that. I got that. But he is saying this, hold on to me. Hold on to my promises. The monkey bars are all about persevering. They're about hanging in there. Now, I, I wish I could really work this thing like an American ninja warrior, which I kind of am, by the way. Just so you, you know, I, I've got that ninja warrior thing happening. Pay no attention to my feet right now. Pay no, don't look at my feet at all. Just keep the shot from the waist up, guys. There we go. See how, man, see how easy this is? Man, I'm, just, I'm working this monkey bar because I'm holding on. But the Bible says this. In Hebrews, the Bible gives us a scripture. So take a new grip with your tired hands. Some of you have been holding on to God, and you felt like giving up. Some of you, the enemy has said, look, it's not even worth it. Look, you're trying to hold on and hang in there, and look, you don't see anything happening around you. And God's saying, take a new grip with your tired hands. He's saying, grab hold of me. Now, when you let go of everything else, guess what? You can hold on to God. God is an anchor. God, he is unchanging. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what is that telling you and me? We can count on God. I can count on his character, on his nature. I can live according to his promises. I'm going to release those things I have no control over, but I'm going to grab a hold of God's promises, and I'm not letting go. Why? Because his promise still stands and great is his faithfulness you know here's some good news here's some good news because some of you have been told your whole life you're never going to make it but guess what you're still here I'm still here. Rachel and I were talking the other day. We were talking about after 22 years of marriage, the ups and the downs and the battles and the, the difficult moments and the dark places and the valleys and the celebration moments. And, you know, we said after 22 years, baby, we're still here. We are still standing. I want to encourage you. Part of winning is just outlasting your critics. Just outlast them. They try to speak negatives, speak doubt, criticize you and discourage you, but you're holding on to the promises of God. Man, your your flesh is saying, I'm tired, but your spirit is saying, no, 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 take a new grip. Take a new grip with your hands. Take a new grip with your hands and hold on to God. God said, I got you. I got you. He's not going to let you go. God is not going to let you go. His hand is upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He's given you a call on your life. He's given you the power of his word if you'll just hold on to him. Hold on to him. And don't you dare let go. See, the playground teaches us a lot about life. Think about it. What would your life look like if you could build momentum daily? If you could surrender and trust him in every area of your life, but hold on to his promises. Can I tell you this? You will not be disappointed. Those are lessons that I believe will change you from the inside out. Amen? You receive that today? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.